Hi, it's Adrian here. I want to share with you something really exciting. I've just recorded a series for the AIA Austin, Texas, their homes tour, which comes up at the end of October. Now, this is a tour where you can register and go and visit these amazing homes. I've recorded each of the architects and they've told us about the journey through the home. And in it, there is just so many wonderful little nuances that they share with you. I encourage you to listen. I encourage you to go on the tour. And thanks for being a listener on Talk Design. On the special series for the AIA Austin's Homes Tour, I have the great pleasure of interviewing the guys from Furman Carl Architects. So I've got Gary, Philip and Troy here with me. And we're going to be talking around the Foothill Terrace home. And this home is absolutely amazing. And it has this wonderful legacy to the firm. So many years ago, like around 25 years ago, the firm designed this home. And then 25 years later, they have, or maybe a little less, they were asked to remodel this home for a new client. And in this journey, keeping all the things that mattered so much in the original design and the feel and the structure and the space was so carefully considered in the future design of, of the remodel. So, guys, we've had a lovely little chat just about pieces of it, and I'm so excited to share this for the people who are coming on the tour. Welcome to Talk Design. Thank you. I would love for you to take us on a journey of, you know, like the original home that was on the site even before you guys took it on 25 years ago. And then just so that we get the first client brief and then the second client brief. So there's sort of that contrast between the two, if that would be great. And then we will move through to taking people on the journey for, like they will come on from the homes tour and unraveling and unwrapping and giving them some little bits to look at that they may not notice otherwise. So take me away. Well, the first house that we designed 20, 25 years ago was very much inspired by a couple of structures that had previously been on the property. These were houses that had foundations that were not equipped to deal with the um, expansive Del Rio clay that was on the site. Um, and so they were somewhat tearing themselves apart and had to be torn down. But we were very much inspired by these houses. They were very simple, gabled roofs, and they had a wonderful, intimate scale about them. And they were beautifully detailed in terms of the rhythm of structure and uh, window patterns. And so we took that as our biggest um, takeaway in, to inform what we did on the new design. Um, and our clients um, agreed with this um, 100% because they had lived in one of those houses that was on the site. And so it was part of their history on that property um, and um, raised their kids up into teenage years on the, that property as well. That's pretty cool, um, isn't it, that they had that, they'd already lived in one of those style homes and there were so many things that they loved and that you guys loved that then you could take forward into the future. 
and yeah, when they first uh, came to us, they had actually asked us to remodel one of the homes, not not even tear it down and, and build it. It wasn't until we found out that the foundations were failing that the decision was made to rebuild it. Yeah, and they also um, asked that the house be connected to the landscape, which is something that we were always trying to do in our projects, which we took very seriously. And so the house is, is long, bedrooms are all on one end and public spaces mostly on the other end. Workspaces are up, were upstairs at the time of the original house that we designed. So there was always a, a bit of privacy, but there was something about always recognizing where you were in the landscape, no matter where you were in the house, because there was a certain amount of transparency um, from that, that links spaces together and that um, just the amount of windows that we had in the space. It was had mature trees all around it, and so we took every opportunity, along with deep overhangs, to put in a lot of glazing in the house um, and still be relatively cool and shaded in our extremely hot weather we're having. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you everybody's loving that house right now because of that as well. Those, you know, deep overhangs and keeping those mature trees so that everything, as you say, is shaded and keeps it a whole lot cooler and, yeah, be beautiful. But I think the one thing that we all agreed on is that the house, you know, wanted to have some volume to it in terms of height in places, but but keeping it intimate was very important for our client. And we did that with some lower ceilings that became circulation spaces that and outdoor spaces that penetrated through the house. And then also by creating a lot of detail with the exposed structure that was one of the takeaways from the houses that were removed, that they had a lot of beautiful rhythms of exposed structure in the houses. And we, we took that rigor and designed the house on this somewhat of a module so that we could express the structure in that way. Yeah, nice, nice. So then if you, if you jump forward from those original clients to now with a new client who's obviously loved the house to buy it to start with and loved the, the space, tell us about the brief that they came with and how you responded to that. I can jump in and talk about this. This is Philip speaking. That was Gary. Oh, sorry. Heard. Yeah, I should have said that. Um, that was who it was. Yeah. There's three of us at the table, so it's yeah. sort of hard. But yeah, the, 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 when the, the new clients came to us, the brief was actually one of the shortest briefs we've ever had. I think there was probably two pages of notes that I had where like I might typically have dozens of pages of notes. Yep. And largely because I think they really liked the house that we had originally designed for the previous clients. And I think it really fit their lifestyle pretty well. They had a couple of kids and a couple of adults. And so the, 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 the rooms really fit. There was a couple of things that were lacking. They really wanted a shared studio space or, you know, sort of an intense AV experience and also creative, creative work that the existing house didn't really accommodate. And the, their wants for a little bit larger and more generous, generously sized living dining area is kind of another kind of big missing part. The, the third part that uh, was lacking for them in this house was uh, more closet space in the main bedroom. Right. I think that uh, the existing 
closet bathroom that we had for the main um, bedroom suite in the original house just wasn't um, generous enough for for their needs. So really, you know, those were the the marching orders of of the new client is just to provide them those those few extra um, pieces. Uh, but you know, I think um, as as we walk you through the house, I think we'll um, touch on there was not much that changed in terms of the the what our firm had originally developed in, in terms of the the character and the the kind of the 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 real feel and nature of the existing house. They they loved that. They got it. They appreciated it, and they wanted to they wanted the new bits to to very much map onto what was originally there. Yeah, just a change in living needs more than anything. And, you know, the personalization of those living needs for the amount of space, but not really the style is like more consistent with what was already there. It, I think that there's a, a really neat point in this, which is in 2002, this home was on the homes tour. In 2023, this home is on the homes tour. So if any listeners were in this home in 2002 on the homes tour, please write into us and uh, tell us what you think of uh, the work that once you've been on the home store in 2003, get in touch and tell us what you think of it. It uh, would be a really interesting journey if they could remember it. There's probably at least one other architect in town that can, who who went through and went, oh, man, I love this, I love that. <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's a pretty fascinating journey in, in time. And as you just heard from Philip, so... With that also, no, gonna... oh, sorry, I was going to say this was Philip's first construction administration job with the firm as well. So he's intimately knows this this house. He had to turn up there continually to be part of it. Yeah, and I don't know if we have time to talk about it today, but this house does parallel a lot of what our firm's work has done over the over the last twenty five years. It was one of the first handful of major commissions that Gary did when he first started his firm. It was um, one of the first projects I worked on when I came to the firm, um, helping out uh, when as we were wrapping up CDs for it. And it was my first project doing CA. And then, uh, you know, fast forward many years, um, you know, Troy enters the firm and enters the picture and, he had a, a big hand, and particularly in in the the additions to this house, um, his 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 hand played a big part in the in the new design. So I love the, the house. The house's story and the firm's story are a good parallel. Yeah, I think that's really fabulous. You know that sort of touch points and the journeys for each of you in the room as well along that journey piece. You know, like from where it started. I love it. And, and you know, people who know you and people who know your firm will really appreciate that as well. I love also that they, they, they were the clients, you know, it was like, we don't need a lot. We need these pieces. And we certainly love everything that we've already got. So it's like, it is just an, an update. It's like a refresh. It's and moving it into the needs 25 years later, which is great. So take us on a journey through the house and or start out in the street, if you would. So we're going to pull up, we're going to find a park somewhere, and hopefully it's not a 100-degree day, and we're going to go to the house. It would be nice if it was a warm day, though, like a, a good warm day so that you can actually feel the shade 
that the house creates and the mature trees and those kind of pieces, the the actual way it's laid out and the thought that went into it 25 years ago to create a home that works so well, it would be nice if there was that enough heat that you actually got to sort of experience that. Late October, we might get that. We'll see. We'll see. So, yeah, take us from the street. We've pulled up. Where do we go next? Okay, this is Gary. I'll start in on it and you guys chime in as need be. So the the low part of the side is at the street and the grade is rising up toward the house and it presents itself as a fairly horizontal house. There is a second floor over part of it, but it's still very horizontal, low slung roofs. And you come up and it's sort of a diagonal rise toward the entryway and come into the house, a lot of glazing on that south side of the house. It's pretty evident where to go because there's a a beautiful arbor that we added in this generation of the house that Troy worked on quite a bit. And that's where you enter the house. And so it's coming, a very open plan. You're coming up through gardens? Like how, how long's that? The, yeah, how long's the journey from the street? The the house is it's a fairly decent sized lot and the house is pretty far set back from the street. Um, which is nice because it sort of masks the size of the house. You know, this was two lots and now it's one lot. So we were sensitive about how the scale read from the street. Um, yeah. I'd say, I don't it's maybe a, a 80 feet or so, 50 or 80 foot pathway from the street up to that, up to that you know, landing where the trellis is, where uh-huh. you'll be taking your shoes off at the homes tour. Yeah. Yeah, so it is. It's a good journey up. And as you're going up, there's is there moments to pause where you uh, can take in different angles that you won't see from somewhere else or different parts of the home? Or if, if you know, you, you pause and look around, what are you likely to see as you rise up from the street? Now, I always think of those things when, say, for instance, if you were at the home and you were running down those stairs to the street, how the landscape changes, especially because you're dropping over height in this case, if you were coming from the top, if you're going up, as you're looking up, you, you're kind of like keeping orientation of where you are. And I was looking at the pathway that you've got going up where there's some of the stairs, you'll be fairly focused on looking uh, where you're going, of course. And then, yeah, if, if there's any moments on that journey where you go, ah, oh, okay, just stop here, because to the left, there is a or to the right, there is a whatever it is. If there's something that you won't get to appreciate as as you get closer, take us there and tell us where where we should be looking. We were fortunate to work with Word and Car Landscape Design here in town, landscape architects, and they designed the entry path in such a way that it's these, um, rather than a stairway, it's these big slabs of concrete which in and of themselves lend a, a, lend a moment to stop and pause mm-hmm. and reorient because they're all slightly askew from one another um, and allow you to take in different parts of the landscape. And so, like Philip said, there's a lot of trees between you and the house, which is great because you're walking through dappled light, dappled shade, and the house just naturally reveals itself and its length as you walk up and so you're discovering more detail you're coming up underneath the eaves you're coming up underneath the arbor yeah. because you're down low rising yeah. and 
the house has a lot of attention and detail in the overhanging eaves on the upper story and the lower story. And so you're experiencing all of this. And then you realize that the structure on some of these lower eaves extends into the inside of the house across its whole length. And so you start to get an understanding from the outside what the inside of the house is going to be. There's a little foreshadowing. In fact, there's um, some columns on the porch that are um, cruciform steel columns that have wood inserts in them. And you, it's a foreshadowing because you'll see that same column as soon as you enter into the main living dining space. I love it. I love it. That's a, a really good little point to look out for is when you get on the porch is have a look at the column on the porch and while you're taking your shoes off and putting your booties on and then go go find it inside as well. It's not far from where you're going to go. So have a look for it there. And this is the storytelling that links sort of emotional journeys through things that, that makes us feel safe. And I love also that from the coming up to the house, as you start to get close enough to see through the windows, that you can see how the house is like you're getting a story of what's coming from the inside that's from the outside. Yeah, it'd be it'd be fabulous. A little side note about the materiality of the house. It's really rendered in two basic materials. It's these heavy stone walls that are made up with this really colorful mix of textured limestones, mm-hmm. grays and golds and tans kind of all mixed together. And the, the stonework on it is gorgeous, really artfully done, most of it original. And then the other material is wood, and, and you know, the, the, the windows are wood, the, the, the structure, which Gary said is expressed, is all wood. Almost all of it is wood called Douglas fir. Uh-huh. So really, the, yeah. oh, and, the, and the, the structure is Douglas fir, and then the siding is cypress, but it's all sort of stained out to look similar. Um, so those are really the, the kind of major materials of the house. And the other note I'll say before we kind of take you inside is that on that uh, on the old design, I don't think we really felt like we act what I'll call activated, sort of an architecty term there, but activated the front yard of the house. And in working with the landscape architects and then thinking about that inside-outside pairing that Gary was talking about, I feel like we did a good job on this on the remodeled edition where the there's more activity that happens in the front of the house. There's a little seating patio there's this much more generous expanded trellis landing outside of the front door and even in the landscaping itself some of the trees were sort of cleared out and more light was allowed to get into that space to to just make it have a more airy feeling so i feel like we made a, a room out of that front courtyard in a way that wasn't really there in the old scheme yeah right that's that's again somebody who's been there 22 or 25 years 22 23 years ago 21 years ago what am i saying yeah 20 21 years ago they may notice that as well and i'm sure the neighbors you know have been living in the neighborhood for a few years when they go they will notice it for sure because they'll have watched it take part you know come through and grow and they'll be all up for being nosy and seeing what happened so okay take us Take us, we're inside, we've, we've got to the door, now take us on a journey, take, you know, make the magic happen from here. Hmm. Well, if we continue to the right, 
we come from the entryway into the, that all just sort of opens up. There's no, it's not like you're in a entry room. It's a, a space with a lower ceiling that just bleeds into the main living space. And that lower ceiling space also becomes the dining room as well. But it's really this part of the house, the main part of the house is glazing both sides, north and south. And so you feel like you're a little bit of a pavilion in in the forest, you know, it's you uh -huh. can see front and back and really you, you catch an idea of where you are in the landscape. It's sloping up to the north as you look through, but then you turn around and look back toward the street and surprisingly private from the street because you're elevated so high that it's hard, plus the number of trees between you and the street you get a sense of protection that you've you've arrived somewhere that's different from the street that you left. That's cool. That's um, cool. I love that pavilion yeah, in the it. forest. Yeah. yeah. I, I really do love the, the feeling of, with the, the way that we played with the ceilings in the space, that entry ceiling, and the, which also continues over the dining room and continues over the, the exterior portion, the front, is quite low um, relative to the much higher um, vaulted ceiling of the living room beyond. So it's one of these tricks that lots of architects have used. Frank Lloyd Wright was kind of famous for it, where there's this moment of compression right when you enter so that it creates this intimacy and this almost you know very human scale feeling. And then you walk into the taller space and you feel expanded and, and, and lifted up. This is Troy. And I think that the other thing that does is, is when you do sort of slide out under that low roof into that larger space, that roof pops up. And so it's a fairly, it gets fairly wide at that section where the sort of living room space and the dining room space overlap. But because of that pop up, it allows um, for some upper clear story windows that allow light to come down in the middle of that space. So there's not this sort of dark nebulous area um, in the center is sort of very even light across the space. Yeah, that's a really good point because that could e easily happen with, you know, timber ceilings. It could get dark and you could sort of like lose lose the detail in, in the space. But with those windows, it does, it floods light into the space and just, yeah, gently. Uh, I think it's, yeah, it's a really good point. And if people, when they come in that, you know, that the restricted height in the front and then sort of it takes, it allows your emotions to lift up as you come through. So you sort of held and it's intimate and then it gets a little less intimate as it goes into a larger space and your emotions kind of free themselves. I also thought that the point that once you're inside the home, because of that rise from the street and bec because of that and the trees, that you're actually very private once you're up there. You're it's not like that the angles are so that people can look straight in on you or anything like that, which again is a lovely thing of having the height to be able to just see out and through. You know, these things are magical. And the fact of the sight orientation and stuff that happens. We always love talking about these concepts of prospect and refuge. Are you familiar with that? It's like one of these old, and I, I feel like that space, because it is, high up gives you that prospect um, but there's a feeling of protection kind of being cut into the earth behind you and and you have this place to to view where you came from uh, from a place of safety yeah I think so and I think this is it emotionally is a shift for people 
to and and they don't know why necessarily it's a subconscious feeling a lot of the time and it it delivers back and when it's there you don't notice it when it's not there you do notice it you know you feel the tension when it's not there but when it, it is when it is there it just feels better it just consistently feels better and more calm more sense of sense of uh, so I suppose security, the refuge part of that. Yeah, I was going to mention too that so much of the house didn't make sense to change. It would be very difficult to change it because it's so <laughs> articulated. And so the fundamental principles of the house really stayed the same, the scale and the intimacy, the rhythm of the structure. But we were able to expand on that, particularly in the living room. We extended the articulation of windows between structure where there had been some blank wall prior to. And I think it really helps to, to complete that pavilion feeling. Also, even though some of these fundamental parts of the exposed structure stay the same and the configuration of the house for a large um, part stay the same, Almost all of the other finishes in the house are new, new cabinetry, new tile work, the parts that are painted, new paint colors, fixtures, hardware. We were fortunate to, enough to work with a very talented interior designer, Kelly Hines, Atelier um, Hines Alney, and she made some, helped make some great selections for the house, which you, your first real um, notice of that is the kitchen. Um, which is just beyond um, the space of the living dining, but it's it's open to, and so you um, get a glimpse of it um, from all of those public spaces. And but it's a lower ceiling because it's got a two-story portion over it. So it's the first time you're walking from this very articulated, uh, vaulted space into an area where it's the into the finishes are sheetrock dominated. Right, right. Yeah, because Which of the is lower a bit ceiling. Of contrast um, in, in parts of the house. Yeah, yeah, but that's a really lovely transition that holds you in a different space. Um, tell me yeah. about like the carport area and stuff, because we had a little discussion about that earlier and, you know, like how the, how the carport presents itself and then also what you were able to do there. Well, like we were talking about earlier, it was a period of time where we first started introducing carports into a lot of our designs because we just thought that they were a um, much more pleasant way of entering into your home. And that's the coming to your house by car is what you do 99% of the time when you're arriving home as the homeowner. And the old school idea of a garage that's this enclosure without, with very few windows and sheetrocked and just didn't seem appropriate for what we were doing here. And so it's a, a carport that has materials just like the rest of the exterior of the house, stone and, and wood. And it just happened on the original design to be deep enough that we could take over about six or seven feet on, on three car, three bay carport on the inside of that and turn that into the garage um, storage, yeah. for storage. Yeah. When you park in front of that. And so I, we built a wall and there are these um, metal clad sliding doors that um, exist inside the carport. 
and all of the stuff gets put in there. Um, and so when you drive in, it's this very clean, um, beautiful space to drive into. And a breezeway takes you right into the, um, the side door where um, you, you get right into the public part of the house. I like that. I like that. Um, so so the, the good thing about that is, is for the homes tour, if it's a sunny day, we can bring everybody in through the main uh, front door. Yeah. And if it's raining, then we can bring everybody in through the carport. And it'll be yeah. equally nice ways to enter the house. I think that's really fabulous. Yeah. And I think that the, you know, if you're on, well, when you're on the tour and you're, you're going through the house, take a pause to go out to the carport and come in through that way as if you were the owner and see that journey as well as coming in through the guest entrances as, as, as that journey and see how the architecture responds to both pieces. It's often those kind of points get missed because we do what we're expected to do and we don't we don't necessarily follow the we, we follow the path instead of like exploring because of the the nature of being on a tour in somebody else's house. So I'd explore that little piece. I think it'd be great. What are some other points in the home that you absolutely in love with as the architects and you would love to share to the to the people who are listening and then also the people who are going on the tour? Well, I'd like Troy to say something about the studio because um, you worked quite a bit on that when I escaped <laughs> to Mexico. <laughs> so, if you, so the only sort of, I mean, the footprint of the original house got expanded, but this idea that Philip talked about earlier as part of the, the client's brief was sort of a studio area and a sort of media space that there was really nowhere to sort of expand or adjust the, the existing house to, to fit it in. It just didn't mm-hmm. fit in the, the square footage. And so on this sort of this big sprawling house that really, you know, on this, on a, on a large piece of property that, that stretches out over a large portion of it was finding a place to sort of shoehorn that in, which, and, and then create a connection to it that works, where it's not this thing that's sort of tucked away behind the house. And so it, you know, it had this sort of general sort of footprint. Uh, and really, we ran into some technical issues about property line and materials and fireproofing. So we really had to sort of dive back into what it was and what it could be, how close it could be to the existing structure. Um, and so as you come in the front door, you turn right to sort of slide into those main spaces. If you go left, you're sort of going down a hallway towards the more private areas of the house, the bedrooms. But directly in front of you is sort of a doorway that we reconfigured to make a little more welcoming that you step out of and sort of have to work back down to gray because it's a little lower on that side of the property. Um, And it has this sort of cantilever trellis that's really the sort of, uh, you know, that sort of draws you from that pathway out to this next structure that you sort of turn and enter. Uh So it's really sort of creating these sort of the same way the sort of house connects along these paths with these different height roofs having these two sort of porches that speak to each other and, and create sort of draw you from one point to the next. Yeah, synergy. Um, and, that, 
Oh, sorry, mm-hmm. I shouldn't have interrupted. But I was just saying a, a synergy that one feels like it's leading to the other, and uh, that you're within mm-hmm. the same space, but you're not. You've 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 actually transitioned. Yeah, and then again, picking up on all those original materials from the original house wood. You know, it's a it's a cantilevered sort of porch roof, so there's some steel introduced. And so it's also playing with all the new things on the house sort of tie into that old, but there's a little bit difference. Those cruciform columns, you know, that are introduced Mm -hmm. and then introduced at the interior, you know, that are wood engaging steel now and maybe more than they did in some of the original structure. And then sort of as you go out to this completely new structure, it's all stone, it's wood, but it has this sort of steel and wood structure that that is new and different from what was there, but also is tying back to all of that stuff. Yeah, that's true. So that might be a good that might be a good material cue for people walking through the house. If they see something that's detailed in steel, then that's a good cue that it's probably one of our new interventions. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, obviously. So because in the original house you didn't actually have steel exposed in anywhere. You also put a pool in to the uh, to the yard here, and tell us about that because that's quite a major addition to the house. Yeah, we have to give a lot of credit to Word and Card landscape architects that designed and did the materials all around the pool. But it the the property really slopes up in that corner where the pool sits, and so. There was a lot of excavation and retaining walls to make it work, which turned out to be a real asset just in terms of the creation of the space in and around Mm -hmm. the pool, because you really feel like you're nested into the corner of the site. And then there's trees on an upper level hanging over and growing above you and you feel protected, but it's expansive at the same time, looking back toward the house and the yard. Um, and you can see the pool from so many different vantage points in the house. You can see it from some of the bedrooms. You can see it from the upstairs. You can see it certainly from the kitchen and the living room and even the porch. Um, there's a little courtyard porch that separates the living room from um, the bedroom wing. And sitting out on that porch, you get a lovely view over the, over the lawn toward the pool. I I always think that a pool is its first function as a water feature and the second function is actually as a pool, you know, where somebody swims. And I think the way that this is tucked in and like you just described, you know, Gary, with the the intimacy that it gives, even though it's in a it's expansive, I think it's magic. It's it's it becomes part of the house and the landscape at the same time. And as that water feature piece, it adds a really calming effect to the overall scheme of the property. It's right. I think it too, just in terms of the, like we were talking about earlier, with kind of the activating the front of the house with places to sit and be, and turn turning a landscape into a room. I think the pool addition did that to the backyard. The old landscaping in the back had a had a lawn had this sort of curvilinear wall uh, but it was it felt more like landscaping and less like a place you would go and be and sit and spend time so I think the pool and the deck next to the pool really turned that outdoor space into an, another usable room of the house 
Mm, mm. I think that's a lovely distinction that yeah, the landscape has become part of the the home as in being different rooms that create the journey of the expand the house into the landscape and expand the and, and drag the landscape into the home. I think it's really lovely, especially in the livability of it. Guys, I'm I'm like really looking forward to seeing this home and I think it's amazing that, you know, 21 years ago you did it and, and it was on the tour and I'm picking that in 2044 when it's next on the tour, you'll have had another <laughs> shot at it. <laughs> These guys will be going, yeah, well, we got them back to remodel it and you guys will be sitting there and like, <laughs> and your in your old age going, yeah, well, you know, we really improved it this time. <laughs> um, <laughs> We've we've separated the house and the landscape because that's how people live now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think we're making history here because as far as I know, this is the first house that's been on the Austin AA Homes Tour twice. Um, But I will say that if you saw it 20 years ago or however long ago it was, it's there's a whole lot more to see this time around. Uh, I think it's a much improved house and there's all kinds of new things to come and see i think think that's like a, the, one one of the best one of the best master bathrooms we've ever designed yeah right and i'll leave it at that you'll have to come come, come see come it. see it come <laughs> see it yeah and and there yeah, you'll be able to see photos at some point of it if you don't go and see it i think the other footnote on this is is the aia austin homes tour is I would say an institution. It has been running for a long, long time. And the fact that this home has got a a 21-year gap between showings on the tour stands testament to your design skills as a firm, but it also stands testament to great design in Austin. And Austin has a lot of great design. And for wherever you're listening from, because this goes out through Australia, New Zealand, you know, the UK, everywhere. If you're in Austin, Texas, around the end of October, that's when the tour will be. If you've got any interest in design and architecture, take the tour. Get on the website and take the tour and meet these guys while they'll be at the home and see their genius because there's a lot that, that happens on that tour. It's how I discovered the architecture of Austin, and I don't know how many times I've been, but maybe six or seven times at least on the tour. And that's then there's the COVID years that I didn't go on the tour. So mm. awesome and, uh, work. And if you are from, thank you, thank you. And I was going to say just a plug too: if you're if you are from out of town and you won't be able to make it to Austin, we and all the other firms are going to be doing a, a webinar that you can sign up and you'll be able to see visuals, not just audio, but visuals. We'll be doing a little, you know, session on on speaking about the design of the house. I think it's uh, really cool. And that, that'll, that'll happen a few weeks before the tour is around. Uh-huh. That's really fabulous. That's really fabulous. Well, guys, thank you so much for your time. It has been an absolute pleasure from my part. And I think this home is thank something... You, it's something really special to be a home that's returned to the tour with its remodeling and don't miss it. If you're making choices about which home you go to, don't miss it. This one's, this one's one to keep on your roster of homes. Thank you. Thanks. Cheers guys. Cheers.
Cheers. Tell me about Foothill Terrace. This home had such a great story because it was on the homes tour in like 2005, something like that. Wow. So Um, a a long time ago. A long time ago. It was their house on the tour. The home had, you know, new owners who wanted to keep a lot of the bones of the house, but, you know, remodel and do do updating to it. Uh So it's such a fun story and and being in the space with them and talking about what was original and what was new and, you know, how they updated it. I, you know, I loved that they had the chance to revisit one of their houses and I got to meet both of them. They were both there the day that we shot along with um, Kelly Hines was the designer and she had worked so closely with the homeowners Um and was there helping a lot with the shoot and, you know, doing some staging and stuff for us. And so it was, it was, it was a really lovely experience, you know, hearing so much and and being around them. And it's just a great, it's a really beautiful space. And again, you come up to it and then you feel like you're just in the little world of this house for the most part, once you walk up from the street and it has this lovely entry this was one again we met in the morning and photographed in some morning light and then came back and were there through the evening so the house yeah. it, it it's got like beautiful bones as you say like well it's a beautiful looking house but the, so they took the old bones of the house and created it again yeah updated yes. it the gardens it. of course are so established yes i mean it looked another with a pool that just yeah. looked beautiful but yeah the nature around I mean that's the one thing with the summer is that and I was trying to shoot them as you know as early as we could but things are so green and everything's so Mm. leafed out and these the wood and the green just as you say they're meant to go together and yeah and just look and just look really lovely this was another so much wood on the interior Uh um it feels very warm and welcoming and I always think it feels know, safe for some reason it, it does feels I was real. gonna say yeah, yeah it, yeah it really does like it's very modern very nice furniture but there's something you know embracing and kind of welcoming and yeah that's, always, that's really lovely yeah it harks back to sort of like simple values even though you know mm-hmm. the, and, and this the structure here is you know like simple values it's beautiful it's like it's not overly complex, but it's not also paired mm-hmm. back to nothing. It's like it's got mm-hmm. texture and light and shadow, and yeah, it's a it's a great looking home. I love it also when you end up with a timber floor and a timber ceiling because if you if you don't get the heights quite right, one feels like it's crowding the other. And in here, yeah. I can see from your photos, it doesn't get that sensation at all. It's like yeah, one supports the other. It's like almost wrapping yourself with a a tree above you to give you that Mm -hmm. sort of intimacy. Mm. And the stone that just works and can feel modern and classic all at the same time. Yeah. It's, it's got great values. Cool. Mm -hmm. Well, that was exciting to bring the AIA homes tour to you. It is such an amazing event. If you've never been and you've listened to the podcast, make a trip to Austin. It's something special. 
if you have been and this has helped you understand the homes and get an idea of the brief and how the architect and even how Casey has approached the home I hope that it's been a great journey and please leave me a comment subscribe to the podcast and enjoy the creative content take care thanks from me Thank you.